Hi, and welcome to the China Business Minute, our weekly catch-up with our China offices. I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this week we're taking a little bit of a detour. This week, with the conclusion of trade talks fresh in our minds, we figured we'd take a little bit of a detour from our usual plan of action and get the view from Washington instead. So on the line, we have Jake Parker, who is USCBC's Senior Vice President. Jake, thanks for making a bit of time to talk with us. Hi, Ian. It's uh, good to be back with you. So there were some negotiations on last week on Thursday and Friday in Washington. What was the news out of those? That's right, Ian. Working-level talks between the U.S. and China concluded last week in Washington, D.C. The delegation this time was led by Vice Minister of Finance Liao Min, as well as Vice Minister of Commerce Wang Xiaowen. This is the first delegation that was led by Vice Minister Liao Min uh, in the U.S.-China bilateral trade negotiations. Important to note that this is a working-level delegation so we had fairly moderated hopes of any major new significant breakthroughs during the talks this week. That being said, the U.S.-China Business Council has spoken with officials in the room who did offer some initial takeaways on the discussion. Uh, as generally expected, the Chinese delegation came with no bold new offers and limited substantive progress was made on the structural issues in the relationship. As one person told us, uh, the two sides are still fairly far apart from a finalized agreement. Uh, in our conversations with U.S. government officials here on the ground in Washington, D.C., we have heard that whatever decision is come to in the bilateral negotiations, it will ultimately be a political one that will be uh, decided by President Trump and the other principals that are involved in the negotiations. And a working-level dialogue will generally not factor in much into that decision. Um, the Chinese side did emphasize a need for a balanced text that does not only reflect U.S. demands but more equally represents both sides' positions. However, I think the U.S. government, and as one official stressed to us, there is limited appetite to accommodate the Chinese on this point, considering the multiple challenges that the U.S. sees in China's economic model and system. Okay, so I know there were some stories swirling around about the canceled Chinese trip to Montana and Nebraska that was scheduled. What or who actually caused that, and what are the implications of it? It's a great question, Ian, and you're quite right that the Chinese Vice Minister of Agriculture, Han, and his delegation did ultimately cancel their planned visits to Montana and Nebraska on Friday. And while this was viewed by some as a possible negative signal for additional agricultural purchases, or that perhaps the bilateral working level negotiations didn't go well, USCBC has confirmed with the Chinese government contacts that the canceled visit was actually at the request of the Trump administration. I think that there were some concerns around the optics of a Chinese delegation traveling to American farm states to talk about the negative impact of tariffs and the Chinese interest in purchasing more American agricultural products should the tariffs be lifted. All right then, so what's on the horizon? What should we be keeping an eye out for? Well, Ian, the, the vice premier of China, Liu He, who's running lead and point on the negotiations, will travel to the United States for the next round of principal level dialogues in early October. U.S.-China Business Council sources are telling us that's likely to be the second week of October after the national holidays, perhaps towards the end of that week. Uh, we understand in our conversations with the Chinese government 
that there is an interest in moving forward with a large agreement with the United States. Uh, the question has become one of if the Chinese are willing to compromise in the areas where the U.S. is very that the U.S. is very focused on. Uh, in our conversations with the U.S. government here, they remain committed to a high standards agreement. Uh, a limited deal is not something that it appears the U.S. principals would be willing to accept that doesn't address the structural challenges that exist in China's economic system. And those would be the issues that are represented in the Section 301 report, intellectual property rights protection, investment liberalization, level playing field over capacity uh, reform, subsidies, industrial policy, state-owned enterprise reform. Uh, the good news is, is that I think a significant amount of progress has been made on some of these points, particularly around investment liberalization and IPR protection. Uh, force technology transfer. Uh, the challenge will be addressing some of the more core uh, components of China's economic system, the subsidies, the industrial policy piece, and uh, the jury's out on how much China is willing to compromise on that specific point today. Uh, U.S.-China Business Council obviously remains optimistic that a deal can be reached between the two sides. October 15th is when an additional 5% is added to the tariffs that are currently in place. Uh, so that, that'll be an inflection point on the horizon, and we should find out sometime before the 15th whether that will be delayed or not. All right, then. A succinct download and a laundry list of things to keep our eyes on in the coming weeks. That is Jake Parker, USCBC's Senior Vice President. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council, and you can learn more about our work on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. It does help others find the show. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.